is the most serious Christian that you know? Who is the most serious Christian that you know? And he said it didn't have to be your pastor or it could be just because anybody, maybe someone in your family, an aunt, someone or a friend of your. Who is the most serious Christian that you know? And here's the part that messed me up. Are you that serious? See, the first question was easy. You probably picked that one up real quick. But the second one makes you pause, or at least it should. Who is the most serious Christian that you know? Who do you know that's living it out line by line and precept by precept and making it happen? And then are you that serious? Are you living up to the expectation that you have of those other people? Y'all, I sat in the service and I am a whole senior pastor. And in my chair, I was like, ah, that's, that's, a, that's a strong question. Who, who is the one that's the most serious? And are you that serious? And here was his other follow-up. What's stopping you from being that serious? What's stopping you? And in the context of his message, thinking about the rapture, but in the context of this message that I'm giving you tonight, thinking about being a strong church that the Lord can use and move in, whatever is keeping you from being that serious, is it really worth keeping you from being serious? If you're honest tonight, the answer will be no. For some people, it's their job. For some people, it's their family. For some people, it's their education. For some people, it could be anything that is plaquing their fancy for that day but at the end of the day nothing is worth you not being serious about the things of God if we want to be a strong church a church on fire with the power of God then we have to get serious it's too many Christians playing church games and like old folk used to say it's getting a little late in the day for things like that entertaining petty stuff it's too late for that entertaining even the heavier things it's too late for that having programs that don't have power outreaches without reaching into the presence of God and services that do not serve the spirit but entertain the flesh and lives that bear the fruit of carnality rather than the fruit of the spirit of God I'm preaching better than you're letting on I'm saying we must get serious it's time to get serious it's time to get serious say out loud I'm getting serious say it again I'm getting serious you ever, been, you ever been at a family reunion, family function, spend the night with your cousins, and you, everybody, might be in a moment where you play fighting? Y'all ever seen that before? You ever been the supervisor of the cousins, and they play fighting, and then somebody play fight too hard? And then all of a sudden, without the other kids knowing it, the one in the middle got serious? And now what was a play hit became a full-on fist. The game changed because the players became serious. I think it's time we change the game on the devil. I think it's time we change the game on addiction. I think it's time we change the game on the spirit of poverty. I think it's time we change the game on the spirit of do nothing and the stick of do less. I think it's time we change the game and make a line in the sand tonight and say from here, I'm going to be serious. Who's the most serious Christian you know? Who's the most serious? And are you that serious? Say, I will be serious. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7, but the end of all things is at hand, therefore be serious. 
1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7, but the end of all things is at hand, therefore be serious. Everybody say, be serious. Why? The end is near. It's late in the day. The bell is about to toll, or rather the trumpet is about to sound. We don't have the luxury of time anymore to be playing games. We don't have the luxury of time to be one foot in the world and one foot in the church and on it every other day. We don't have time to be lackadaisical when it comes to our worship, when it comes to our living for God. We got to be serious. Be, be serious and watchful in your prayers. 1 Peter 5, verse 8, familiar passage of Scripture. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Another word for serious in the Scripture is sober. You won't see serious as much, but you will see sober. Everybody say, be sober. And y'all know, those of you who lived in that kind of way, you know what that means. It, it, it's time to come back to your senses. It's time to get back, come down from your ride and get back to reality. Get you some black coffee and some Pedialyte, some lemon water. Get you some bread and some peanuts and sober up because now we've got a job to do. Now there is work to be done. There's a mission to be carried out. You've got to be serious about this Christian walk. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. 1 Peter 1, 13. The Bible says as follows. Let me get to it. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Gird up the loins of your mind. We talked about that girding up last week. Gird up. Get ready to move. Get ready. Stop thinking that you have time to play the game. Get in position. Y'all know in track, on your mark, get set, go. I've seen it to where the players, or the runners rather, could be on the side of the track just chit-chatting with the people at the fence. But when the man calls out the race and lets you know that you're running, you got to get into position. We need to stop handling business on the sideline and get our heads in the game and run the race with patience that's been set before us somebody say I'm getting serious you getting serious just thinking about this message say I'm getting serious First Thessalonians 5, 6 through 8, the Bible says, therefore, let us not sleep as others do. A lot of sleepy Christians in the church today. Don't be sleep like everybody else, but let us watch and be sober. Next verse, for those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night, but let us who are of the day be sober. Say, I'm in the day. You know why you're in the day? Because God who commanded the light to shine in darkness has shed the light of the gospel inside your heart. And now you've been called out of darkness and brought into the light of Jesus Christ. It ought to be a difference in how you live in the light than how you lived in the dark. We are of the day and since we are in the day, let's all be sober. Let's all be sober and put on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. Like the people, live like people who are in the light. Don't be inebriated on the highs of the flesh and the eyes and the pride of life. Live like you, in other words, dress up like you always ready for a show. 
Dress up like you always ready. You know, some of y'all have concealed carries and, and things of that nature. And you know that I got cousins that are like that. So no matter where they go, they always ready. You don't know that they're ready because it's concealed. You don't know that if anything jump off, you need to be close to this cousin because they got some extra heat that the rest of us do not have. Some people pray, some people spray. Come on, talk to me in here. And, and so, so I know that I know I know the ones to be close to. I know the cousins that got it and the ones that don't. I know the cousins that got it legally and the ones that don't have it and have it illegally. But when when it, when the trouble comes, the people you know the people in these agencies like the CMPD the FBI, the CIA, and even the military. Yeah, we're just walking around the corner to get something to eat. We just left the station for a minute, but there's a badge up under this shirt. There's a weapon that's holstered up under this jacket. There's a bulletproof vest on top of these clothes. There, there's a protection. There's an armament just in case something jumps off. I'm ready to be serious. The Bible says you ought to, so come on, wake up. Come, come on, wake up, get you some water, splash your face. And when you leave up out of your house, leave fully dressed and armed with the word of God, with faith and with love and with the helmet of salvation. And the other passage of scripture goes into more detail with the sword of the spirit and the shield of faith and your loins girded about with truth and your feet sharp with the preparation of the gospel of peace so that just in case the devil wants to act up in Walmart, you are already prepared prepared say I'm getting serious y'all got to say it like you say I'm getting serious this ain't a game anymore we're not playing anymore I'm serious now say I'm getting serious a serious Christian has devoted themselves to I think I got three or four things four things four things that a serious Christian has devoted themselves to number one is the word number one is the word the serious Christian has dedicated themselves to the word of God yeah there they are up there the word of God prayer witnessing and living by God's standards we'll leave it up there for a second the word of God prayer witnessing and living by God's standards you want to consider yourself serious then dedicate yourself to the word of God be dedicated to prayer now look at this look at what you see up here now remember my question who is the most serious Christian you know look at this slide are they dedicated to those underlined words Though mine were, the ones I had in my head, they were dedicated to the word. They open it up. They study it. They listen to tapes over and over. They write notes. They, call, they do studies in the morning, studies at night, dedicated to prayer. They pray in the morning. They pray at night. They pray throughout the day. They were dedicated to witnessing. Doesn't matter if we're on vacation. They can tell somebody about Jesus. Doesn't matter. And they live by God's standard. Doesn't matter how much changes out there in the world, they hold that whatever God said is right, that's what's right. You looking at that slide? I'm asking you again, are you that serious? See, dedication implies consistency. Dedication implies never failing. Dedication means we don't have any days off. We don't, it's ne you'll never find or you should never find a serious Christian in a position where they are lapsed in one of these areas. Because they are serious. They're dedicated to each one. And for all the reasons that we could give, some of them would overlap across the room and online, for why we aren't dedicated to these things, it's not worth it. 
It's not worth it. There's an expression, excuses are the tools of the incompetent used to build monuments of nothingness that seldom get anything done. And when we look at the state of our church, I'm talking global now, and we wonder where is the move of God? Where is the power of God? Where is the anointing? Where is the fire that consumes? Maybe we're not as serious as we should be. And let me warn you while I sense that, the people who think that even, and even me, like I told you now, I was sitting in that same service, and I'm the senior pastor, and I was like, hmm, maybe, just maybe, I can afford to be a little more dedicated. I know I'm not the only one. I'm not, maybe you got a pretty good routine down with these things, but maybe the point that Jesus wants us to take home is that it's time to get even more serious from that level that you're on right now. Can I ask you a question that will challenge you and help you, especially those of you that think you've got some things figured out? Do you really think in the less than 100 years you've been living, you figured out everything there is to know about the Holy Spirit? I was listening to a message today by Benny Hinn, and he was talking about the Holy Spirit, and I was like, man, I never thought about that, and I hadn't thought about that, and I'm just uh, jotting down points in my mind, and I'm thinking of scriptures while he's talking. I'm like, I never saw it from that perspective. I've been saved since I was four years old, been preaching for 16 years, pastoring for two and some change, and I'm still learning. My point to you is, no matter how well learned and experienced you are in these areas, everybody could afford to be just a little little more serious say I'm getting serious so let's look at these the word of God when you're looking at the word second Timothy chapter 2 second Timothy chapter 2 verse 15 the Bible says of itself that you should be diligent to present yourselves approved a workman or worker who does not need to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth. That's 2 Timothy 2.15. Be diligent to present yourself. King James says study. Study to show yourself approved unto God a workman who need not be ashamed of what he presents rightly dividing the word of truth. We have to study the word of God. If we're going to be serious, we got to study the Word of God. I'm going to tell you something funny about that, just that that happens to be poignant to hit the nail on the head. We've become too dependent on these screens to help us remember Scripture. You didn't say amen, but you should have. We've become too dependent. It ain't up there yet. Where was your, where's your Bible? Where's your book? I remember a time when you came to church and followed along with what the preacher had. If you knew how to, meaning if you had the ability to read, you followed along with what he had. I remember Tom Bishop where we would tell people, share with your neighbor. If you see somebody who doesn't have a Bible, lean over and let them read with you. I remember Tom, I'm not saying we're going back to that, but I remember time where you had to stand whenever there was open reading of the Word of God. And I think in some part with the advent of technology, we've gotten less serious about how we handle the Word of God. We don't even bother to memorize scriptures anymore you could type in any word and I'm not saying this is a bad thing you could type in any word and put scripture behind it and 35 different results would come up online but at a certain point let me just expand you what happens if you in the hospital room and there is no Wi-Fi what word do you pull up there is no time to look anything up you've got to just know it for yourself 
It's great that you know somebody who's serious about it. Are you serious enough where you can rattle it off? Y'all know uh, one of my spiritual mentors, Pastor Robin Gould, he was in a meeting with ministers one time. I heard about that meeting. I wasn't in the meeting, and he was talking to his associates, and he kind of pointed them out and said, give me five scriptures on healing right now. And I don't remember exactly how many were in, but let's just say it was 10. Out of 10, not all 10 could readily command five scriptures. Didn't mean that they didn't know it, but in the moment when the pressure is on, and if you haven't been on the other side of the table for him, that's pressure. The pressure was on, and in the pressure, they couldn't bring up five, one right after the other. In other words, give me five healing scriptures that do not repeat. How many of you would pass? How serious are you? Say, I'm getting serious. It's getting quiet. It's getting quiet. How serious are you? I'm getting sad. I'm getting serious. Look, if you're not, then make that a faith declaration. God dang it, tonight I'm going to get serious about this thing. That's a good point, Pastor Jay. Don't just sit there and be upset that your number's being called. Be glad that he called it so he called you up higher. Say, I'm getting serious. Let's look at this. Why? Not only be studied, not only study so you can rightly divide it, but 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, what is the scripture even given for? All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Say that means good. Come on, say it. That means good. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? So that the man or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Maybe we're living incomplete lives because we haven't gotten serious about the word of God. And I know people, and it happens to young people, and just like it happens to older people who come and talk to me, or I just happen to hear, and they're in this frustrated place because things aren't coming together. But if you dedicated yourself to the Word, the Bible says of itself, I will make you complete and thoroughly equipped to handle every good thing, but you've got to study it. You got to dedicate yourself to it. You talk to people all the time will tell you stuff like, well, I just don't know where to start. Okay, for all the people who don't know where to start, why haven't you called somebody and asked them? We'd ask Google. Some of y'all got taxes coming up. Listen, do not get in trouble with the IRS this year. Find you somebody who can do your taxes for you. If you need a recommendation, I can hook you up with somebody that I know. But don't be trying to do it yourself and then end up owing 20 grand and you don't have it to pay. You understand what I'm saying? If you don't know how to do something, ask. Ask. It's not that hard. It's it's real. real. Say, Say this out loud. Help yourself. Say, it really. Come on, say it together. It really is not that hard really not y'all making me work harder than I planned to tonight it really is not that hard if you want to know just ask you know the best person to ask about the bible is the person who wrote the bible if all scripture is given by God don't don't it make sense to ask God God, what in here do I need? What in here should I take away? What in here should I hold and build my life on? And if you ask him, just like you hearing me in your spirit, man, he'll respond to you. 
And he'll tell you exactly what you need. I've done this before where I've asked God, Lord, I'm going through X, Y, and Z, and I need da-da-da-da, and a phrase will come to my mind. I've never heard the phrase before. I, didn't, I never used it before. I didn't know that there was a verse in the Bible that was attached to it, but I start looking for that phrase in the Bible, and the whole story relates to exactly what I'm going through. Nothing wrong now. If you are 20, 20, 20th century and you like to look things up digitally, there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm telling you, a superior search engine than Google is the spirit. For who can know the mind of a person except the spirit of a person? Therefore, who can know the mind of God except the spirit of God? And if you ask the spirit, show me what I need, he'll take you to exactly where you need to be. And he'll build you up. I want us to become serious about the word of God. That means reading the word of God. That means listening to the word of God. That means meditating. I know a, so, I know a story about someone. I'm probably not going to get to the rest of these tonight, so we'll pick it up later on. But I remember hearing a story about a person uh, who was connected to this church who could not read. Reading was not their strong suit. So, But they really wanted to know the Word of God. They asked for help, and the help was to get the Bible on audio CD. And so I don't know how well they stuck with it, but my point is, it, you don't, whatever you think can keep you from being serious, it's not that big. It needs to be moved out of the way. And whatever barriers there are, you can overcome those barriers. Some people say, uh, well, you know, I, I don't really get it from, from reading it. I don't really get it from listening. Look at here. Just like you're, as you sit there right now, your faith is being built because I'm teaching you the word of God. If you sit in a place long enough where the word of God is going forth, whether it's on your cell phone looking at YouTube, whether it's coming to church as you should or on Sunday morning or on a broadcast on TV for those of you who have Christian TV, if you just sit there and let it do what it does, you'll be serious about the word and you'll be equipped for every good work. Find a Bible plan. These are little notes I have. Find a Bible plan. That helped me find a, find a plan. And I got a, on my own. Most of us have that little Bible app. That little Bible app will send you a reminder. Don't, you've been reading the word for 31 days straight. Don't miss day number 32. That encouraged me to be like, no, I don't want to ruin my streak. I'm going to go in here on this app and look some stuff up. Take the word seriously. Take the word seriously. Take the word seriously. You know you are one word away from your breakthrough. Take the word seriously. Take the word seriously. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Verse 14 of John 1, the word became flesh, Jesus, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. And if you ever watch any of us up here on this stage just shouting verses out, and you think that's so impossible for you, let me help you. It was impossible for us, too, 30 years ago. It was impossible for us too. 15 years ago, it was difficult for us too. 10 years ago, but you know what we decided to do? We became serious about it. And I wasn't going to be caught. I made a decision in my mind. I'm not going to be caught slipping where somebody quotes out of scripture. Yes, that's in such and such and such book and such and such a chapter. And I don't know where that is. Now, every now and again, that'll still happen to me. But for the most part, I'm getting pretty good at saying, oh, yeah, that's right around when this happened and when that happened. It's nothing about me. I wasn't. I know it might seem that way, but I wasn't born with the book memory of the whole Bible. 
All these preachers in here, nobody was born with a book memory of the Bible. We just spent time with it. Let me ask you this. If you don't know the word to the point of mastery, what have you mastered? If it's not the word of God, what is it? What have you mastered? Because you've mastered something. You've, you've, you've put your hand to something. You can do something very, very well. If it's not the word of God, what is it? Is it your business? Is it your family? Not saying these are bad things, but I can't let those things take priority over the word of God. Can't let it take it. The, the, the psalmist said, uh, uh, I will hide your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Maybe you got a problem with backsliding because you haven't taken the word seriously. The word of God is true. Jesus said, when you know the truth, truth will set you free. You don't find yourself bound. You know, people say, I'm going through. You don't find yourself going through every year. There ought to be some years of your life where you don't experience a downturn because you've been so dedicated to the word of God. Are you serious? Are you serious about the word? Are you dedicated to it? The person who was the strongest Christian you know, they're dedicated to it. I have this in here, to master the word of God. Master the word of God. Say out loud, I will become a master of the word of God. If you want to be considered an expert, they say to be an expert, you have to do something at least 1,000 times without fail. You want to be an expert at least 1,000 times without fail. If you want to be a master of something, 10,000 times. I want you to become masters of the word of God. I've applied this scripture so many times. I know it like I know my name. Now, most of you, most people, no knock if you can't, most people can quote John 3.16. Most people, not everybody, and that's all right. We're growing. But most people can quote it. You know why we can quote that verse so easily? Because if you grew up in church like I did from the time you was little whatever to where you are now, you've been hearing it over and over and over and over and over. And even though you may have gone out and lived a totally different experience, even out there in your cuckoo for Cocoa Puff day, you remember, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him and not perish but have everlasting life. You remember that because it was rehearsed over and over and over and over. But if you only pick up the book on Wednesday and Sunday, you'll never master it. If you only open it when it's convenient for you, you'll never master it. But I want you to dedicate yourself to the word. The Bible talks about how deacons were appointed in the early church so that the apostles could dedicate themselves to the word and to prayer. That was that second word. We're not going to get to it tonight. But to the word of God and to prayer. Do you know that it was the word of God that made everything that you see? What's missing in your life? You can create it with the word of God. What bill do you have to pay? The deficit can be filled with the word of God. What challenge is in your body? Jesus told the people, Jesus told the man, well, I'm, when, he, when the centurion asked him, this is a really great story, when the centurion came and said, Lord, my servant is sick, he on life support, I need you to come and pray for him, or I want you to pray for him so that he'll get better. And Jesus looked at him and said, I'll come to your house. Listen to what the centurion said. No, 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 no. I'm not worthy for you to come to my house, but I know, see, 
because I'm a man in authority. And I know that if I tell one of my little soldiers to go do something, they got to go do it. And if I tell one to come here, he's going to come here. And I know that you are a Lord just like I am. And if you would just speak the word only here in this city, my servant will be healed in the next city. Jesus looked at the man, looked at the disciples, looked at the man, looked back at the disciples, looked at the man and said, I haven't seen a faith like this in the entire country of Israel. I don't know anybody that got a faith this big that'll sit up here and look at me and say, no, don't come to my house. Just speak a word. Jesus said, go home and your servant will be healed. And the Bible says that self-same hour, the servant was healed, completely healed completely here what challenge is still lingering in your body just need some word on it that's all you need just need some word just need some word his word is Jesus said when he was praying for us your word is true father sanctify them by your truth make them serious help them be set apart as different from the rest of the world because they live by your truth and for anybody who thinks they don't need the word, honestly, why are you here? Because the word of God, you know what the Bible says about the word? The word is bread from heaven. Jesus said of himself, I am the bread from heaven. Meaning I'm better than what you could have found out there in the wilderness. I am supernatural bread. And anybody who partakes of this, they'll never be hungry again. I have found myself in some desert places, but I didn't starve to death because I knew where to come and get fresh bread from. I knew where to come be refreshed. Jesus said, I am the well that never runs dry. I've been in some deserted situations, some hospital rooms that were deserted, some nursing homes that were deserted, some bed, sick bedrooms that were deserted, but I did not die of thirst because I knew where the well was and I was able to draw from it and be refreshed. Half the people in church who filed for divorce wouldn't have had to file for it if they were serious about the word. Half the people who done filed for bankruptcy in the church wouldn't have had to file for it if they were serious about the word. Half the people who done had to kick kids out their house wouldn't have had to kick them out their house if they were serious about the word. And let's not get into condemnation. Let's get into conviction and get in position. Let's just make up our mind that tonight we're going to be serious. Say, I'm getting serious. Say, I'm getting serious. There are three other ways, but we don't have time to go into them. Prayer, witnessing, living by God's standards. Really quickly, Jesus said men ought to always pray. Your prayers ought to be consistent. They ought to be interceding. They ought to be spirit-led. Stop reciting stuff. Uh, what's, what's the one? Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Now, ain't nothing, nothing wrong with that prayer per se, but you've got to learn to pray from here. Pray from the Spirit. Don't pray something that's recited. That's why I'm iffy about writing out prayers for kids to pray. Because even in that baby, there is a spirit man. And if they can just quiet themselves and get over the fear of being in front of people, from out of here will flow a river of living water. Say, I'm serious about prayer. Witnessing. You got to be serious. Evangelism is always on the agenda. 
there were not enough amens from serious Christians right there. Evangelism is always on the agenda. Well, what about this? And, and, and what about that? And what about renovations? And what about the evangelism is always on the agenda for a serious Christian. And I don't need a program or, 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 or a take action or an impact event to do it. It's on my way to the store. It's while I'm in my classroom. It's while you're at your cubicle. It's while you're out doing what you're doing. Because God has been that good to you. Too good for you to keep him to yourself. So that when you see somebody else, isn't that what happened to Peter and John at the gate called Beautiful? Man is out here broken and begging and they said, look at us. We don't have money like you thinking to give you, but what we do have, I will give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the Bible says Peter took him by the hand and when the man jumped up, his legs received strength and he went on his way glorifying and praising God. Now what if Peter had said, well I ain't got time for that today sounds familiar doesn't it what if Peter said no no I, I, I'm already running 15 minutes behind can I help set you free here I will share this stop being 15 minutes late everywhere you go and start being 30 minutes early live your life budget your life in a way that no matter what you are doing you will always have time to tell somebody about Jesus now, maybe you'll need to use the time and maybe you won't. But go ahead and set it up in a way plus 30 to wherever you got to be. That even if it's a person on the side of the road, you can take 15 minutes to say, my brother, my sister, Jesus loves you. He has a purpose for your life. If you don't make him Lord, hell will be your resting place. But if you give him your life today, Jesus will come into your life. He'll set you up, pick you up, turn you around place your feet on solid ground I don't look like what I've been through all because of what Jesus did do you want to know him today say I'm serious about witnessing and lastly you've got to live according to God's standards doesn't matter how much persecution comes I believe the Bible no matter, how, no matter how many people turn on me because of it, I believe the Bible. Doesn't matter how many people think it's unpopular, how many people unfollow, how many people talk bad about I believe the Bible. I live the Bible. I practice the Bible. I vote the Bible. I do what the Bible says do because in my heart I know it's God's holy word. So I'm not conformed. Uh, I think Passion Translation says Romans 12 that you don't become inundated with this culture. Don't lean to this culture. This culture will have you thinking crazy. And I don't even have to go into detail about that. This culture, I saw somebody the other day that had selected on their, uh, 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 selected on their application that their gender was unicorn. Don't bend to this. Don't, you, don't renew your mind to this culture. Don't re but instead, renew your mind to the word of God. Get your mind on the word. Say, I'm getting serious. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, we love you. We thank you for the word. We thank you for prayer. We thank you for witnessing. We thank you that you have given us a standard by which we can live. And Lord, help us to be serious. Help us to be serious. Right now, your head is bowed, your eyes closed. This is something I want you to do. That person that you thought of that was the most serious Christian you know, just for a few seconds, pray for them that God would strengthen them. 
that God would keep them, that God would keep them and let their lives be multiplied so that they can keep being an example to other people. Thank you for that minister. Thank you for that uncle. Thank you for that father. Thank you for that grandfather. Thank you for that mother, for that grandmother. Thank you for that sister. Whoever that person was to you, thank you, Lord, for multiplying your blessing on their lives. Help them to be stronger and even as serious as they are to me. Help them to get more serious. Now your mind is on you in the name of Jesus. In every way where you have not been serious. Just a second, just a couple seconds. Ask the Lord to forgive you. Forgive us, Father, for being busy. Forgive us, Father, for being burdened down. Forgive us, Father, for holding on to petty grievances. Forgive us, Father, for being too preoccupied with ourselves that we neglected the things of God. Forgive us, forgive us, forgive us, forgive us. Whatever we put up before you, tear it down. And starting tonight, do a new thing in us and help us to be serious. Help us to be serious about your word. And Father, I declare over every believer that will dare to be serious, you will show them serious results. Miracles at a rate we've never seen before. Transformation at a rate that we've never seen before. Deliverances at a rate that we've never seen before. Power at a rate that we've never seen before. Because tonight, in true sincerity of heart, we prayed, help us to be serious. We love you, Lord, and we call it done in Jesus' name. If you receive that, shout amen. Amen. Put your hands together if you love the Lord tonight.